Welcome to the Tabletop Sportcast. I'm your host, James Cast. Today is October 8th, 2023, and this is episode 135. Today we're sitting down with Grant Fines, the owner and creator of 49 Sport Games. We're going to talk to Grant all about his game company, as well as the two games that he has released recently. Uh, two versions of football. One is the 49 Quick Decks game, uh, which is a little quicker version of his full play game, which is on the turf. So we'll, that's interview is coming up shortly. Uh, full transparency, we had some audio difficulty, um, ended up having to do the interview over a couple of different days. Uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of getting in all the content. Um, as you listen, you'll notice it's a little choppy in some places um, with the transitions between some of the audio clips. Uh, but apologies for that. Did the best job editing job I could do for that. Um, uh, but it was a great interview overall and appreciate Grant's time. So without further ado, let's uh, skip the tabletop recap this week and go right into the interview with Grant Fines. All right, I am sitting down today with uh, Grant Fines, and Grant is the owner and creator of 49 Sports Games, which we will get into in just a little bit. Uh, Grant, how are you doing tonight? I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Um you know, we had a chance to connect a little bit at play.com. I think, uh, I don't know if had, I know I saw you this year. Have you been there the last couple of years as well? Or is that, you know, cause I don't think we've had a chance to cross paths a lot at the uh, convention. Yeah, we have not. Uh, I was at, I think the first and the second one. So back in 2018, 19, and then had planned on the COVID year, but that of course we all got kind of sidetracked and then, then I did not attend until this year. Okay. Well, there you go. That's why we had not crossed paths because I only started going yep. just after the pandemic. <laughs> so, um, well, very good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've seen your, your podcast and, it, you know, it's been fun to connect with you finally to uh, put a face to a voice. Excellent. <laughs> so when did you first get introduced to tabletop sports games and what were kind of your first like gateway games? Well, I, I started playing pretty young, very young. Uh, the first couple of games that I had was like a generic baseball game where, you know, we roll a D6 and a one is a single and a two is a double and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I was, I think I was maybe seven when my parents got me those and it progressed up to a football game that was kind of similar. The first real games that I got were, um, there was a game called Sports Action Games, football which was a cfl game a canadian football game and so i'm thinking i was like 18 or so that was probably my gateway game and then shortly after i came upon status pro baseball and played a ton of status pro baseball uh, and that led to status pro basketball but th those were really it um for yeah for those types of games so that's really what i cut my teeth on okay yeah uh, very familiar with status pro and uh that was kind of where i got my start as well so totally get that 
Um, did you find that you were somebody who the sports got you into gaming or did the gaming kind of get you into sports? Uh, it's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I was always active, always played whatever I could play. We played uh, a game called Strikeouts. And this is where you took a tennis ball and a bat and you stood up against, we had a, a field up against our high school and it was just perfect because we could had a little pitcher's mound and you, how far you hit the ball was, you know, you got a double or triple or home run or whatever. Uh, so I, I was always active. So it was more the board games came after sports uh, and just having that, you know, maybe a bit of a nerd quality and, and liking statistics and, and trying to link them together. Uh, remember playing with football cards and baseball cards too, where you used to wad up a little ball and, you know, pitch it to your one hand to the other hand and try and hit it, you know, just stuff like that. Okay, cool. Um, that sounds good. So when you got into sports gaming, uh, and this will kind of lead us into talking a little bit about your game company, but did you find yourself like tinkering a lot with, um, the games as you would play them and kind of making up like house rules or coming up with your own like add-ons for the games. Was that something you got into doing? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, right from the start. Uh, I mean, I, my first game that I created myself was uh, it was a football game where I, you know, I can't remember my age. It was probably 10 or 11 years old. And again, a D six, cause that's what we had. And I made some player cards and, you know, it was Franco Harris and Gail Sayers. Those are a couple that I remember Rocky Blyer. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of the mind of a 10 year old where, you know, every run was two or three yards and Gail Sayers was my favorite player. So when he rolled a six, he got 10 yards, you know, so it, it was kind of in me, I think from the start to develop a game that was more in tune. And, and I think, Part of what I liked about this Canadian sports action games football, uh, when I found it around 18 years old, was, I mean, it played amazing. It, it was like, hey, you know, this person really thought through the game of football because you had to choose your depth of linebackers, uh, whether you're going to throw the ball inside, you're going to throw it outside, what hole you're going to run through. And it actually still played very, very quickly. Um, soon thereafter... I got status pro football because I loved the baseball. I liked the basketball. So let's try the football. Well, it was just so cumbersome, but I had a buddy and we'd get together once or twice a year and play a game, but you know, they were four and five hour marathons. Yeah. They were very detailed, but they were just a marathon. And so I just always remembered back to the, the sports action games that how, you know, what an amazing design. And even now at this last uh, weekend, um, they had a, a sports action games football league at the, at the conference and got to look at it again. And it was like, wow, yeah, this, this was just way ahead of his time, had everything there and it played quick. You know, it was like a two to two and a half hour game rather than the four or five hour slog. Yeah. And just for clarity, like the, uh, it, the convention you're talking about is you were part of the uh, get together for play games doing the commissioner surprise tournament, correct? 
Yeah, it was hockey day in Canada. It was perfect. I had to go and renew my passport. And so I had a choice. I was thinking of going to Vancouver. And just before I booked my ticket, I saw the notice from Keith at Play.com come out. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can renew it in Winnipeg. And I could. So, yeah, I just I just kind of combined the two. And and it was a lot of fun, like all Keith's things are. We, you know, we played uh, games. We talked. Uh, we all went to the CFL football game on Friday night, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Toronto Argonauts, and that was, that was oh, nice. a lot of fun. And, and yeah, the Saturday where we had the Commissioner's Surprise Hockey Tournament and uh, we played some CFL football with Cold Snap. You know, it was really <laughs> fun. Cool. And, um, you know, I, I think we've all gotten like a first impression, thanks to Keith, of the new Hockey Express. You guys had a chance to play that. You want to? Give like your initial thoughts on that since you had a chance to see that. Yeah, yeah, we, we did play it. As in fact, we played the tournament right down to the final two games, and then it went to the full on hockey blast. Uh, I I was reserved about the express, and at Play Con in the summer, we played uh, Express Baseball, and I was like, uh, you know, what's this really going to be like? And then we started playing, and I was like, oh, this is actually a lot of fun. I can see doing this some more. I kind of had the same thing with the hockey blast express and uh, we started playing it and it was actually really well done as you could expect. You know, Keith does a great job with these things. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. He has some help and it was fun. I really enjoyed playing it and it's definitely uh, something that we'll play more of. Cool. Very good. All right. So getting into 49 sport games, like how long ago would you say it was that you kind of decided, like, I'm going to pursue creating games as a business model? Whoa, as a business model, that would have been like 2017. I think it was the the creating the games part was back in about 2012, 2013. Uh, And I was kind of winding down my career. We sold our business. I had to work for an extra year. And I was just thinking back to the sports action games, football and I had cold snap. And I was thinking I could probably put together a football game for a CFL game. that's close. And then, uh, you know, just started working. I, I built a lacrosse engine as well. That was kind of similar to the football in that it's, you know, keys games are like a narrative story game and, and, those are awesome for what they are. If you love those story kind of games, you, you can't beat it because there's so much that goes on and goes into a game. But I thought, well, I'm not going to do that, right? Because that <laughs> game's already amazing. So what else would I do? And I'm more strategy-based, so I wanted more strategy into a game, and I wanted uh, just kind of that first-person feel on the game. And so I did lacrosse, and then I, that's when I started tinkering with the CFL, and then, you know, kind of fast forward for a couple of years, I was, uh, you know, built the NFL engine as well into it and uh, started playing games. And I just started posting a couple of videos because I thought, well, let's see what guys think of this thing. And they were like, hey, you got to sell that. Can I buy this? <laughs> and so that was, I think it was 2017. And I was like, okay, well, I, I kind of did retire and why not? Let's, let's put it out there and see how it goes. So I did, I put it out there and, uh, I was surprised at how many games I actually sold for a couple of years. And then, uh, then I actually met a guy in a completely uh, different setting, a science setting. And uh, we ended up starting another company. So that's when I kind of folded the, it didn't really fold the 49 football, which is what it was called back then, but I just kind of slowed it down uh, and 
supported the people who had bought it by giving them some seasons and trying to do some updates for it. But so the, the commercial side of it, that was 2017 and then got sidetracked with this other project. And then this year, getting back to being close to being retired again, uh, just waiting for this project to finally to finalize my part of it's all done. And, and so I just got back to thinking about the football game and I had updated it a lot and kind of did the same thing, threw it out to a couple of people who I respect and got their opinion on the football game. And they were like, man, you, you should see how this does because it should do really well. And so the commercial side of it really kind of came this year. So the original game back in 2017 was all, I mean, it was pretty simple components and whatnot. Mm. And this year I've tried to include some much better components. There's some 3d components in there, 3d printed components in there. Uh, the printing, uh, you order team charts from me that everybody loves the team charts because I found a really good deal on some uh, photo paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they, they print off real nice. And so, you know, it's, it's a different kind of game, but it is what it is because it's got this team chart approach. So, you know, I know we're going to talk more about it, but the, the key to it is you're up and playing so fast with a team chart. You don't have to break out the individual players and whatnot. The individual players are in the team chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so anyway, that was kind of my driver. I was, I want to play a strategic football game with a lot of depth where it feels like you're in the middle of a football game. And with the full on game, it's not going to take more than like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes. And then I, and I can't remember who I was talking to and it was earlier this year and it was like, I, I think I could actually condense that down to an hour. Cause somebody was saying, you got to do it in an hour. If you could do it in an hour, you got a real winner. <laughs> and, uh, and that's where the quick decks part of it came in. And, and I, between the two, I play both of them now. I actually quite like it. And if you don't keep a lot of stats in a CFL game, you're about an hour NFL game is a few more plays. All right, Grant. So your company is called 49 Sport Games. Uh, how did you come up with that name? Yeah, it's uh, not your typical sport name, is it? <laughs> Especially when you grow up a, a Seattle Seahawks fan, they call it 49, the evil 49ers. <laughs> well, you know, back when I, I first sold 49 Football back in 2017, I... Uh, I hadn't thought of a name for it. I just put uh, some videos out there, and guys were like, "Well, you know, I, I can do that." Got it packaged up and realized that I had to figure out a name, <laughs> and I had no idea what to call it. Uh, but uh, you know, I grew up in Canada, and I've been living in the states now for 20 years. I'm a Canadian citizen, and if everything goes well, I'll be a U.S. citizen before the end of this year. Uh, oh, nice. And. So the 49th parallel separates Canada and the U.S. So uh, the game is also CFL and NFL. Uh, so it's kind of separated by the 49th parallel. So I just picked 49. That was just how it came to be. <laughs> so no marketing genius there. It was just a, a, a force something to come up with a name. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's kind of unique though, right? Because like I think um... – the idea that the game is uh, designed to play both the NFL and CFL, um, it really handles both really well, I think. I haven't had a chance yeah. to play the Canadian, but, uh, you know, trust that it does. And um, and I think for some of the other games, like you mentioned, like um, like 
you mentioned having like kind of worked on a lacrosse engine, but I th- I know you're also really deep into a hockey game at this point. And those are sports right. that have kind of, you know, are North American sports as well. Right. So like this idea that like you kind of pick something that represents both countries is, is, you know, it's about you and also about the company and the games that you're making. Right. And, and as I get through these new games, so hockey, like you say, that it's North American, but, you know, I guess you could come up with other, you know, European leagues as well if you wanted to. But yeah. the 49, I guess, has just become a brand. Uh, I, you know, the hockey game that I hopefully by the end of this year or beginning of next year, I'll have it ready to go. Uh, I've actually finally figured out the quick decks hockey. I was struggling and struggling for months on how to do it. And I think I finally figured it out. I've been play testing and really happy with it so you know the 49 works there that engine for the uh hockey is going to be able to translate somewhat to soccer and you know soccer is more not 49 but the 49 <laughs> just becomes uh oh yeah that's grant made this game so yeah hope they can appreciate what i put into the game so that's why the 49 i just stuck with it so this year when i decided to pull things back out i just kept the 49 and uh, it's just as a, a branding, I guess. Yeah, great. Um, so you had a chance to, you know, we talked about like showcasing the hockey game, showcasing the football games, uh, you know, um, kind of like a foot race game that you were working on as well. All gotten showcased a little bit at uh, play.com, all in different stages of development too, right? So what do you yeah. find some of the kind of rewards and challenges uh, that you experience at different stages of game development? Well, the reward is like where I'm at right now with hockey with trying to do the quick decks hockey where I was like, oh, and, and when I finally figured it out, it wasn't so much that the, I was having a problem with my math. It was more an implementation of, you know, making sure the strategies went from the full game to the quick decks game. And I, I'd actually was trying to, I'm also trying to make sure it works with new seasons, which is so many statistics for it makes it real easy to come up with uh, player attributes. Older seasons, not so much. You really have limited data that you can go on to try and figure out, like, okay, what would somebody's takeaway in a hockey game, what would their takeaway rating be back in the 1960s through 90s? Because there's no takeaway data. But yet that's a big part of what I've got in the end-to-end hockey. So, you know, figuring out puzzles like that, that's the reward for me, those kind of challenges. I kind of really enjoy doing that. And, and then seeing it all come together is the reward when I actually get to sit down and, and play a game. And then that also becomes a problem because I like to sit down and play the game instead of <laughs> keep on developing and turning it into a saleable product. Uh, yeah, I know that pain. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as I always say, like game designers, they have to be their first customer, right? Like if if you're not designing a game that you're going to enjoy, then who else is really going to enjoy it? So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, like we all like things different and that's why there's a a variety of games out there. So people have some choices to really see what, what speaks to them, you know, what they're looking for in a game. Yeah. So do you find that, um, when you're developing these game, developing these games, do you find that you are building out kind of the flow of how you expect the game to play out like you mentioned like the strategic side of it or do you kind of start with first like um the statistics and what's really available and then figuring out like okay how can i build strategy from that 
I think it's it's more from the perspective of a game actually happening. So I put myself into a real game that's actually happening and what are the decision points and what are key decision points and what are, uh, you know, key attributes. So I'm actually going through that right now with soccer because, you know, kind of figured out the hockey of what the attributes, you know, takeaways, forechecking, hitting, blocking, you know, a guy's offensive capabilities, their ability to move the puck. So now what do you, in soccer, what are those key ones? Because I've not been a real huge soccer fan. I mean, I would like watching World Cup. I don't really have a team that I follow. Uh, but I do enjoy watching it because these guys are so talented until, you know, somebody fakes an injury kind of thing. <laughs> so we'll make sure that's in the game. <laughs> in the replay shows, uh, he actually didn't get hit anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I digress. It's... Uh, trying to figure those things out from like a first perspective. And then it's going to see, okay, what data do I have? Um, and soccer is like hockey, like modern day soccer, whether it's North American or European or, uh, you know, some of these other leagues that are out there, there's a lot of data. Yeah. Um, so it's just then matching the data up to do it. So I, I think I'd like to come from a first perspective of, you know, you're actually in the game and what's going on, what influences are in a game. And then how do I figure out how to put, the, the data that's available into player attributes and, and make it work. Okay. That sounds good. So let's, uh, let's dive in more onto the football games, which are the ones that are now available. Um, right. And you have the two of them. I think we talked a little bit about this, but um, you know, why two, why did you feel like there was still a need for two games? So the, the, the real game, not the real game, the full game. It's called the full game. So it's uh, the one that has defensive play calling. It's got all these specialty plays. So that's on the turf football. It, it takes you, you know, it's good. A CFL game, if you're not keeping a lot of stats and you're familiar with the symbols, so you've been playing for a little while, you're going to play a game in about an hour and a half. An NFL game is going to be about an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, you're not going to do that right away. There's a little bit of a learning curve to get up to speed. and But once you get it, you see the routine to get there. And I just thought that, you know, I think I could pare this down and do a game that should be about an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you think of it, you know, an NFL game is 120 plays from scrimmage, then there's kicking. Uh, in an hour, you're sub 30 seconds for every play that's going to happen, right? right? But I still thought, like, if I could, when I was doing the, my hockey game, I was getting a hockey game played in just over an hour, and it just felt like, I could get to the table, and this is just me, but I could get to the table and I could play a full game and be done, set up, play, put away, done in like an hour and 15 minutes. I wanted that with football. And so, and I I felt the need, you know, having talked to some guys, they thought, you know, like, yeah, if you could ever do that, we could play a game in an hour and yeah, that's, you know, bring it on. So that's kind of the why. I just wanted a quicker version of it. Uh, the original 49 football had two versions as well. It had the full version and then had a, a, what was called a quick play version. But the quick play version, you had to have an Excel spreadsheet to do a bunch of the calculations for you. And then you're rolling on this chart a D20 dice. And, I, and so the other key aspect to quick decks was I want it so that somebody can get the game, take it out of the box, set the team charts out, put the cards on the table, get their dice, and you're playing. Like you're set up in under a minute with quick decks. You don't have to build a spreadsheet. Everything's right in front of you right there. So that was the other thought because, you know, we all have so many projects on the go. 
I'm guessing, you know, everybody's kind of the same as us. We got way too many projects, right? <laughs> right. So these quick, quicker play games have become really important. But the downside to a lot of the quicker play games is you're giving up a lot of the, the play. So this is a, you know, quick deck football is a full play game that you're going to, once you get the system down, that you're going to be closer to an hour to play a game in. Okay. So, and I mentioned like I, 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 I've only played one or two games at this point, so I'm still on the longer side of like the learning curve, um, getting sure. used to some of the symbols and everything. Um, now, when you're when you get down to an hour, like you know, there are certain strategies that like you have to adopt. Like for instance, I will say like I am using the dice to determine all the plays. Like, do you think? that's something that you can still do and be at an hour? Or do you find that like, uh, because the game, the quick decks game is really focused on the offensive side of the game. Do you find like an hour requires you to be more like, I'm going to just call the play, you know, or just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, you know what? I, I use the dice. Okay. I, I, I like the randomness of the dice and you know, if you get to it's third down and a yard to go and I roll the dice and it says, okay, it's going to be an inside run, but I also roll on the player chart and it's like the third running back. And it's like, really? Like I wouldn't have my best guy in there right now. But if you watch a game, watch Sunday, watch a game later on in the season and, and you're going to see the third and fourth running backs are in there a lot more. Uh, and so I like it because, I just feel like I'm not manipulating the system that way. You know, like, let me look down my running backs and see who's got the highest yardage number. Right. And I'm going to put him in the game. Well, coaches don't do that. So that's why I roll the dice, but yeah, I'm, I play a CFL game in just over an hour, like an hour and five minutes or so. Nice. Okay. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I think that's, you know, an hour guys might think they're going to be under an hour. You're not, there's too many plays. There's too many things that go on. You're, you're going to be right around an hour, just over. Yeah. Um, to your point, like, just think it's 30 seconds per play. So that goes by pretty quickly. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, that's also why with, with the running part of the game, uh, you know, like I tried to make it really simple so that you could get through a running play in, you know, 10 or 12 seconds or 15 seconds. Uh, but that what you give up though, cause there's a, you have to give something up to get there. And what you don't have in the quick decks version is the defense. Defense is built into, there's a couple of run stuff, the defense, the better defense is going to stuff a run more often. Uh, but uh, so I'm looking at maybe uh, a slight modifier to help out the better defenses because I would say the better defenses maybe feel like a, a, a not so good offensive running team might still take advantage of it. Where, mm. And that, of course, does happen. The statistics work out through a year. We've, we've had quite a few season replays now where the yardage number is, and yards per carry work out almost spot on but you know so i think over time there'll be a few little modifiers that, that come along and, and getting some good feedback from guys too okay nice uh you mentioned the uh the we're using dice we're using the fast action cards um do you find were any of those like did you include either of those kind of mechanics out of necessity uh, or was it more of a preference that you wanted to use both of those? Huh? That's just, wow. That's a good question. I, um, I think just because I grew up with status pro and they had the fast action cards <laughs> and I love that. Uh, and I didn't want charts to look up. I played games where, okay, 
I got to flip a chart, got to flip it. And you just spend the entire game flipping a chart. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to flip a card and have it right in front of you and everything be right there. The dice just gives you so much, the, the, a good amount of randomness. Uh, and I know some guys don't like it because there's too much randomness. Uh, but uh, guys don't like the fast action cards because it's too, uh, you know, you don't have the same amount of randomness. Uh, so I, I, I get both sides of the argument. But, you know, the, the fast action cards that I've developed, I spent a lot of time first making them work for both CFL and NFL to give you the right amount of randomness so that a running back doesn't just, you know, get three yards like I thought Franco Harris always did when he was younger. And, you know, and the rule of six and Gail Sayers gets 10 yards. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lot went into that. But I, I do like the randomness of the D12s and the D20s uh, because they roll better if you get a good dice. And dice rolling is, especially with D6s, you have to be real careful how you roll a D6. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> very true. Um yeah, and you know, and it's interesting because I think in the game engine, the way it's designed, like it doesn't feel like the uh, the the outcome is driven a lot by the randomness of the dice, where like it is in a lot of other games, right? Like you have to like think about getting a good roll. Like the the randomness of the dice are coming more into play with um, the players, like the the choice right. of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously in the quick decks game, at least. A little bit of did the defense able to you know make their play or, or that kind of thing like that's the dice coming to there but a lot of it is yep. driven by the cards right like um and i yep. think that's the that's the advantage of a fast action card is one like it, you, it's a lot easier to flip a card and get a result than it is to roll the dice and usually and then decipher you know so <laughs> if right. you're going for a quicker <laughs> game you, the, the fast action cards will usually get you there a lot bit better so <laughs> definitely yeah yeah and, you know, um, the, you yeah. know, talk about that, the dice rolling with the, uh, uh, like, one of my turnoffs with war games is a lot of them rely just solely on a straight-up dice roll, an unmodified dice roll, and that's like, ah, uh, like, really? I spent all this time and energy learning a game. It's got all the strategy. I'm working strategy. I'm trying to be tactical. And, you know, a couple of bad dice rolls in a row, and it all doesn't matter, which I get, you know, like, I don't know how else you do it, but it just doesn't feel right when, when that happens. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, let's see. Your games are playable for both uh, Canadian and American football, as we talked about. Did you find that either of those styles brought a little more challenge than the others in terms of implementing them into a game? Um, you know, the, the biggest challenge was Hmm. I'd say no. I don't, I don't think so. I think the biggest challenge was, like with running plays, how often a running back would get. And in CFL, I used to have data that would tell me the number of ten-yard runs and the number of twenty-plus-yard runs. Uh, where NFL data was, it doesn't give you the ten-plus. It only gives you twenty-plus. So I actually had to go back and do a lot of digging in and, and watching games to make sure that the randomness that I have in a yards per carry. So if somebody say averages four yards a carry, you know, how often do they get a 10 yard run? So just those are the types of challenges that it, it took a while to overcome. And so, yes, CFL, you'll notice on some of the results cards, there is a, a little tiny N in front of a result. 
And that's because CFL, you do have more longer runs. You do have more breakaways. And so the end is there to, <clears throat> just for the North game, the CFL game. Yeah, I did notice that in a few places and I was like looking around. I'm like, what? I'm like, wait, I think I know what that means. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, but let's talk about the games a little bit because I almost want to do like a little FAQ. But I will also say like um, your videos have been really helpful, right? I think the approach that you have to the uh, videos that you have posted and, uh, to, you know, describing the game are super helpful. Um, I, you know, I think it's always one of the challenges to these games, right? Like what's the right level to include in instructions? Um, yours, your instructions are super detailed, right? Like I think, I wanna say three different books, right? Like there's three different yeah. books to describe like running and passing plays, uh, kicking, mm -hmm. and then just everything else. Like, so three right. separate books with a lot of good detail in there, like talking about it, but the videos really help like, cause now you get the visual learners getting a chance to see it as well. Um, even though your instruction books have a lot of visuals it's always easier when we can see like as you're playing it like this is how the game unfolds um and, and i will also uh, give you credit too like i love the approach in there about don't jump right into a game like run a few running plays get used to the flow of a running play then go and try some passing plays um and and i that's what i did when i first got the game i, I pulled out the two uh 2006 teams chicago and indianapolis uh, playing the NFL, and um, I was like, okay, Chicago's just going to try to run into the end zone, so let's just, like, you know. Like, <laughs> hey, perfect, yeah. <laughs> um, then I turned it around, I was like, okay, Peyton's going to try to pass it into the end zone. Let's see how we do here. So, um, you know, and I was a really good approach. I just, like, I think, like, from a tactical, like, get used to this game standpoint, those were all super helpful in terms of, like, helping me get up to speed on the game. So I just want to give you credit right. there. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so let's do a little like FAQ here, because uh, I did have a couple questions about the game. So, all right. So when the uh, when a runner breaks the big run, we've got the opportunity. They've got ratings of um, A, A plus B. Is that kind of set up on like like a bell curve, or like how is how is that rating kind of determined? It's actually based on their longest gain of the year. So a running back. Uh, I think 15 yards or less, they get a rating of A. If they get between 16 and 23 or 24, it's an A plus, and then above that, it's a B. And same with uh, yards per catch or uh, you know longest catch. I mean, so I think it's 18 up to 18, they get an A. Up to 28, it's an A plus, and beyond that, it's a B. So it's it's just a way to get a player at least close to what his longest game was for the year. Okay. Um, and then quarterback pressures. Uh, so, you know, um, I, if I have the, the, the order of the mechanics, right, right. You're, you're going to start with the sack rating for the quarterback. You're going to add any potential modifiers from either the defense or from the deck. Um, and if the number that you roll now on the random die falls within that range, then you're going to go and see how the quarterback responds to the pressure, right? And he's got a right. few different options there. So um, yeah. do I have that kind of right? Yeah, you, yeah, exactly right. And then so once you – if defense does get pressure, then you get to see what the, the effect of the pressure is. So you're going to roll a dice, and each quarterback is rated differently based on their real results. Uh, defense could sack the quarterback, and if you do, you roll a D12 to see how far behind the line he gets sacked for. 
Uh, he could actually avoid the pressure and get the pass away, but he's under duress. So there's a, he takes a bit of a hit to his completion percentage. He might not find any receiver and just have a check down available. So there's a check down uh, range for each quarterback. And then sometimes they just take off and run. And, uh, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, for instance, he's going to take off and run. Uh, a young Russell Wilson would take off and run more. And as he gets mm. older, the amount of times he runs becomes less. But even like a Joe Namath at the end of his career would still <laughs> run a couple times a year. So uh, that's still an option for a quarterback. They can try and get outside and hopefully break a run. Cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and then the, you know, I think, you know, and I'll get a little mathematical here too. <laughs> so like, you know, there's this whole thing out there about the 80-20 rule, right? Like that we can yeah. really cover like 80% of things. And I think the game is designed a little bit around that too, right? Like 80% yeah. of the plays you're going to run are really straightforward, pretty simple. Yep. I think I want to say running plays are basically two flips of a card and passing yep. plays are maybe three or four at best, right? Like, right. Yep. Um, so really simple. But then... You get into all these other ratings. There's a lot of little nuanced ratings on the cards to help you probably deal with that right. other 20%. Is that basically what you were going after here? Yep, yep. That's it. Yeah. That's okay. exactly right. Yep. And so the game comes with some reference cards. I've tried to include some reference cards that have the different symbols on them so you don't have to always go back to the rule book to look it up. So you can keep those close at hand. And I, yeah. I use them. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, I like to play other games too and I come back, I haven't played for football for a couple of weeks, like, oh yeah, that's what that is. And I invented it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that always happens. Um for, for a lot of designers too. So um now I had one question too, because I you know, as I mentioned, I try I started with the two thousand six Super Bowl teams. Right. The uh auto play calling charts that you have. Um mm -hmm. Chicago's listed as balanced. I don't think there really is a play calling necessarily. Was there? Is there supposed to be one for balance, or is it more like kind of pick and choose, like whether you're going to do run more or pass more? Uh, there should have been one in the game that's a balanced. Okay. Yeah, and and it really is. You know, that means that they run and pass the ball at the end of a game. You're probably going to have a couple more runs and passes on a balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right, I got to look a little harder to make sure I didn't miss it. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're two sided, so it might be on the back side or something. That's probably what it is. It's probably what and it there, is. Okay. There's a couple of, uh, and this is kind of fun too, and guys are starting to do this. There's some blank, I, I put a couple of blank ones in there as well, mm. so you can actually create your own. Because if you, you know, think it back to the, the Redskin days of John Riggins, you know, like he was going to run off tackle like every single time he's going to run behind the hogs on the left hand side and be an off tackle left. He's going to gain three yards and then he's going to gain four yards. <laughs> you know, That's so right. If you can create your own too. <laughs> cool. That is a good idea. Um, all right. Let's see. Was there any other things that I had? No, I think that was it. Those are the main ones that I had come up with that were, um, and like I said, I, I'm learning all the different nuance pieces. So I think, you know, for the, the game moves along for me pretty well until I get to one of the 20% plays. And then right. I'm like, okay, where's the book? Where am I looking in here? Um, yeah. I think once I get past the majority of those, I'm going to be at a point where that game time is going to start to really get closer to that, that ideal, like hour, hour, 10 minutes, you know, and for me, probably yeah. a little bit longer because it's NFL. Like you said, there's going to be a few more plays that I'm going to run. So a few more plays. Yeah. Yep. 
and you'll you'll find that those 20% plays too that there's commonality to them so you'll you'll start to see where oh yeah this is going to be d20 rule against the you know offenses or the defenses team chart so it's all the same kind of mechanisms that go round and round yeah cool yeah. well um i think that's good if, have, is there any other things that i should be on the watch out f- based on feedback you've gotten from others as they get used to the game um, yeah, we, one of the questions that uh, I've had is in the pressure, and we talked about pressure a, a minute or so ago, the game card actually says pressure, and then there's a parentheses, and there's a number within parentheses. And what that means is that you can use that number as the D20 roll. So you don't have to roll a D20, you can actually use that. And uh, the I would say the official way to play the game is roll a D20, because you're going to get the better randomness. But where that came from was when I was developing 49 football way back when my wife and I spent a lot of time in our trailer and it's like a 22 foot trailer and the bedrooms right beside where the kitchen tiny kitchen table was where I was rolling dice. And so I tried to mitigate the number of dice rolls that I was doing. And so that all the cards have actually got random dice roll numbers on. So you actually don't need to roll dice. You can flip cards over to get a D12 or a D20. And that uh-huh. number in parentheses is the pressure number for uh, that particular card. And it's balanced out. I've actually played through a few seasons using that number in parentheses. So you don't have to roll a D20. You can use that and you'll get an accurate number of uh, sacks and whatnot through the game. Oh, but, that's a that's yeah. another time-saving technique right there. So I like it that. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, and as I was thinking about too, like fumbles. So most of the time the fumble will tell you the situation that a fumble is a potential there's a potential fumble but you only you don't check it for every play you check it only if it's one of the identified plays correct that's correct yep yeah okay yeah um yeah because that that could change the frequency a little bit there too and then yeah okay yeah, I like it. I, th- I think the, you know, it's really interesting. Like I, but the first full game that I got through after a couple of restarts, you know, obviously, right. but, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Indianapolis crushed Chicago, I think 41 to, to 14 or something like that. So it was um, a blowout game, but um, I could see like that Chicago just missed on a couple of defensive stops, you know, and like their defense right. was pretty solid, but. Yep. You know, they didn't have the luck of the dice in that game, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it became, you know, the Peyton Manning show. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, and then they got to play catch up, and then they got to play catch up, which was not not in their strengths. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, okay. Cool. Um, all right, I think that's all I had. So, um, all right, Grant, I uh, appreciate your time. It's been really great talking with you and uh for anybody who's looking for these games um 49 quick decks football and then i think it's 49 on the turf football are the two that are available right now so do you want to let everybody know like where they can find those yeah 49sportsgames.com so and uh, i I'm pretty active on the, it's called 49 Football Facebook page. That's another place to kind of keep up with what's going on. Uh, I've not been back on Delphi, but I have made promises to get back on Delphi. So again, that's 49 Football on Delphi, although I might get a 49 sports game 
Delphi going as well. So yeah, the website is 49sportsgames.com. Awesome. And uh, there's a few seasons for the NFL, right? You've got a few seasons. I think you've got about yep. five or six seasons for the NFL. But uh, yep. for anybody who's listening who's into Canadian football, there's just a slew of Canadian football seasons at this point, correct? There are. There's a lot of CFL starting <laughs> from 1954 right to current and playing in, in season as well this year. A bunch of guys playing in season CFL football, which is kind of fun too. Oh, Thinking cool. about maybe doing that for NFL, it's a lot of work, so it depends on the feedback I get on that. Awesome. Well, appreciate your time, and it's been really great catching up with you. And I look forward to good success for you, and and hopefully we'll be able to maybe talk in the future about the uh, hockey game too. Yeah, you bet, James. I really appreciate everything you do for this industry too. It's a small industry, but you know, guys like you who help make get the word out and make it a lot better place too. So I really appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot. All right. All right, that's a wrap on this week's episode. Uh, once again, thank you to Grant Fines for sitting down with us and talking all about his game company. Uh, looking forward to good things to come. Uh, you know, the football games are out. You can get them at the website, which will be include, included in the show notes. Uh, and then hopefully we'll see hockey um, in a couple months, maybe, you know, early next year. We'll have to see on the timing of that. But uh, looking forward to seeing what that hockey game looks like as well. Looking ahead to next week, uh, it's Cooperstown weekend. We're going to, a bunch of us are going to be at the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, and we're going to be playing some play games, History Maker Baseball. I think the plan right now is Friday night, we're going to conclude the pre-play of both championship series for this year's season, and then play out the World Series. And then on Saturday, we're actually going to be inside the Hall of Fame uh, in a room, and we're going to have the opportunity to play with the new Cooperstown uh, collection cards that uh, Play Games has designed. And looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what that looks like. And if things play out well, I am hoping to do uh, post an episode from the convention or from the uh, hall of fame i should say so that's the plan for next week um and you know fingers crossed that i'll be able to pull this off so uh for everybody who's attending uh looking forward to it a uh, special shout out to uh randy uh, courier who ha- helped to organize this entire thing and uh, I think there's like about 20, 25 uh, different people who, who are going to be there. So should be a good time. Um, so if you're attending, I uh, look forward to seeing you there. Until next week, thanks for listening.